I don't know, there's always trips that comes up and things we do, but one of the mission trips I'm looking forward to is Pastor Marcelo taking me to Brazil to see the big statue of Jesus. Pastor's been trying to get me to open the Lord's house, Miami, and let him go pastor it. But I took him to Florida down there to, to we, we did, went down and did a free dive and saw the statue of Jesus under the water. And uh, you're swimming up there, and it, it looks like Jesus is just right there. And then you dive down and you keep going and going and going and you're about out of breath and you're not to him yet. So, <laughs> oh, but I think you, you touched him, didn't you? Almost. Almost. <laughs> uh, have you ever felt like you just going and going and going and trying to get to Jesus and just can't quite make it? Oh, but I'm telling you today, he's as close as the mention of his name. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to fight to get to him. All you've got to do is call on him and say, Jesus, and he is right there. Amen. It was in, I think, the, the, the first statue of Jesus I ever saw was over in, uh, in Cozumel. And it was a small one compared to the one we dove down at, uh, in Florida. But uh, we had never met this man before. We had kind of accidentally uh, stumbled into him. And uh, we'd wanted to go snorkeling, and uh, his group didn't show up. And he said, I'll I take you. Come on, come on, come on. And so we went out, and we swam around, and we, we saw this statue of Jesus. And we were, we were looking at it. And of course, you know, I dove down, and you're looking all around. And I come up, and we're floating right out in the waters. Right out there, he began to say. He said, do you notice? And he began to talk about Jesus. How his arms were outstretched. He began to just talk. He began to witness us and tell us about Jesus. He had no idea who we were. I thank God for people that are bold to tell people about Jesus. And you know what? You can find things in any area of your life, your work. You can look up at the sun, the stars, the moon, the tree. You can look around you and find something to begin to tell people, look what God has done. And find a way and come through that. We, he, we found out he was a pastor there. And they, we, he found out we were pastors. And uh, we've had connections over the years and sent a lot of people to him for uh, different things. And, uh, but it just it's good to know. But I want to tell you something today. How can you be, what is your greatest witness for Christ? Now last week we talked about what? Hope. We talked about hope. But today I want to talk to you about joy. Thank God for hope. You got to have hope. We have hope in Jesus. But once we find Jesus, once we experience Jesus, He brings something into our life that nothing else in this world will give. And that's joy. We're going to talk about that here in a, in a few minutes. Uh, what, do you, what do you get if you cross a banker and a fish? A loan shark. 
So dumb. What do sea monsters eat? Fish and ships. Do you know why fish always know how much they weigh? They have scales on them. Who, who cleans the bottom of the ocean? A mermaid. Oh, they're getting dumber and dumber. Did you hear about the crab that went to the uh, disco? He pulled a muscle. <laughs> Why are fish so smart? They swim in schools. All you women are going to like this one. Men are like fish. Neither one of them would get in trouble if they kept their mouth shut. Now, as stupid as those jerk jokes were, for most of you, it made you smile. You know, we smile, we, we laugh at dumb things. It can bring happiness, it can give us a temporary relief from our troubles, and we can laugh twice. It's, it's, it's good to watch funny stuff. Sometimes, sometimes you just... Sometimes you just got need to watch the Three Stooges. Because it's just so stupid. And you don't have to think. And you're not trying to figure out what's happening. I mean, you know, I mean, Moe's just slapping Curly. And it's just, you just laugh. Laughter is good. Laughter is good. It's good like a medicine. And it helps. And so happiness is good. But today I want to talk about joy. Nehemiah, chapter number 8 and verse number 10. I want to show you uh, something fun here today as we look at God's Word. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Anybody going to do that after church? Huh? Get you a big hamburger and a Dr. Pepper? Of course, the best thing to do, the best thing, what I, I like, I love seeing people do, is you get the big greasy hamburger, the big order of fries, the big Sunday, and get a diet drink. Hallelujah. Because you don't want too much sugar. <laughs> Come on, if you're getting all that, just drink the real thing. Nehemiah, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some of those who have nothing prepared. This is the day. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah, there's so much going on in this time and there was sadness and there was trouble and there was persecution. But this day, there was freedom and there was rejoicing. There was celebration. And Nehemiah said, today is not a day to be sad. Today is a day to eat some good food, to drink some good drinks, to celebrate and send some to your friends and family members who don't have anything prepared. Come on, have a party for today is a good day and today the joy of the Lord is our strength. You see joy 
brings inner strength that helps you face the troubles of tomorrow. How, how, how long do you think you could smile? Well, the Guinness Book of World Records is 10 hours and 5 minutes. Lisa Lester, a little girl, broke the previous record, which was 7 hours and 32 minutes. But she broke it by a continuous smile for 10 hours and 5 minutes. But I have a feeling when she first started, it felt good. But after a while, it became painful. Her muscles got tired. No doubt there was pain. There was, a, the, 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 there was no joy in it, but she just kept on smiling. Anybody ever kept smiling right through it? Come on. The, the pain was there. The trouble was there. The, it, 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 there was a lot of reasons to stop, but you, you, you wanted to prove a point. You're trying to break a record. But I'm going to talk to you today not about just smile, not just about happiness. Talking about joy. Did you know the shortest verse in the Bible? We all say Jesus wept. And that is in the English version. But in the Greek version, it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. And then once again, it's also two, two, two words. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. Everybody say it with me. Rejoice evermore. So not not ten hours. Not not just smile for a short period of time. Not just be happy for a short period of time. But have joy forever. Everlasting joy. What's the difference in joy and happiness? Well, don't you don't you love that song in the eighties? Don't worry, be happy. You see, happiness, happiness depends on what happens. Yeah. Happiness, if your day's good, you're happy. If your day's bad, you're unhappy. If People have trust in you, you're happy. If, if you let them down, you're unhappy. If, sometimes it's just circumstances change and our happiness goes up and down. But our joy can be continual. Happiness it can change daily by the minute depending on our circumstances. But happiness is outward. Happiness is like cosmetics. What do you do with cosmetics? Put them on the outside. I know a lady one time asked a pastor, you know, pastor, how much makeup should a lady wear? He said it depends on her face. (laughs) 
Because it's that's, that's all that's outward. I mean, you've all, y'all have our, you've heard it. Beauty is skin deep, but ugly goes to the bone. We can put a smile on our face and we can try to cover up our ugly with, with, with happiness, but it can't last forever. But joy, inner joy, amen, is not dependent on what's happening. Happiness comes from the outside circumstance. Joy comes from within. Happiness meets surface needs. Joy meets our deepest needs. And if you're really going to be happy, you've got to be fulfilled within, not just outside. Happiness is like a thermometer. It registers conditions, but joy is a thermostat. It regulates conditions. Joy can change the atmosphere. Happiness evaporates in times of suffering, but joy intensifies in time of suffering. Happiness always functions best when it's rooted in joy, but joy is not dependent upon happiness. You don't have to be happy to be filled with joy, to rejoice evermore. The Bible says of Jesus that he was a man of sorrows, well acquainted with grief. Yet the Bible spoke of him as having the joy of of the Lord, and that he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his fellows. I'm telling you, we need to get to the place when we truly experience the joy of the Lord. Our circumstances may change, but our joy won't. And it's the joy of the Lord that is going to draw people to Christ. The best way to be a soul winner is to be filled with joy. Because we live in a world of pain and suffering and heartache and hurt. And everybody wants to be happy. But they're not finding happiness. Because what they're really looking for is joy. They're looking for it in temporary. Drink it in. Snort it in. Rub it on. Friendships. Relationships. uh, 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 Jobs. And and money. And cars. And and all of those bring temporary you get a new car, Ooh, that makes you happy, don't it? You get in it, you sit in it, you, oh, it smells good. You wash it every day. And then the first payment comes due. Pretty soon you're not washing it anymore. You finish that burger and that drink and you just squat it up and throw it in the back seat. That thing that brought so much happiness, now we're just working to pay for. And by the time you get it paid for, it's not worth anything. It's the same with a lot of things in life. They bring us happiness for a season. But the joy of the Lord is eternal. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> That's why, I know as a kid, in kids' church, we sing this song, and it's a cute song. It has a cute little, you know, all the little words rhyme and all that, but it's a lie. 
I'm in right, out, right, up, right, down, right, happy all the time. No, you're not. Listen, life is full of tragedy and sorrow and heartache and pain and woe. Yet in the middle of heartache and trouble, you can still have joy. And not just if you marry a woman named Joy. Because that won't even bring you joy all the time. Why is joy so important? Well, number one, it'll help you win people to Christ. Nobody wants what you have if you look like you've been sucking on a dill pickle sideways all week. Drinking lemon juice, eating green prunes, all puckered up, mad, the world, bite everybody's head off when they ask you a question. Rude. Don't listen, don't please don't leave here. Go to a restaurant, fuss and gripe. And at, at the server, she, you're mad because she didn't bring your chips in time. Your saucer ran out. She didn't fill your, your drink up fast enough. And blah, 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 blah. And you act like a total idiot. And then, well, praise the Lord, I'm going to leave you a track about how Jesus loves you. She's going to throw that track in the trash. That's not a witness. What draws people to Christ is when people right in the midst of a crazy world, amen, they see you and you have joy. There's nothing more attractive to lost people than joy. No, there's nothing cold, dry religion doesn't attract anybody. Joy. David wrote it. He said, uh, see, he lost his joy. We're going to talk about it in just a moment. One of the things that helps, makes us lose our joy, but he lost it. And then in Psalm 51, he said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted. See, when you get your joy back, it'll attract people to Jesus. Nobody wants what you have if what you have makes you mad and makes you bitter and makes you hateful and makes you rude. Listen to what people want. Something that makes you different in a world where that is the norm. You're kind and loving, helpful, and you have peace, and you have a smile on your face, even when you're in the midst of trouble. How can you be joyful? How can you smile with what you're going through? Because my circumstances doesn't depend on my joy. Joy is coming from the inside. You see, joy is proof that we have real and satisfying relationships. You see, religion, it'll make you sadder and sadder. Because religion is a bunch of rules and regulations. 
And we all fail. We all break those rules and we come short of those regulations because the law was perfect. The law was never even intended to be kept. It was to show man that he needed a Savior. The law is perfect. And we're not. But there's many that will just try to keep all those rules and regulations. And I'm telling you, it will make you mean. It will make you bitter. It will make you very unhappy. And nobody wants to be like that. But relationship. Talk about it. You see, to live the Christian life. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. That We read that in Nehemiah. But he, he said enter into the joy of the Lord. Did you know you can enter that joy? We got, we, we, we got to walk into it. We have to, it's like the door. You had to walk through that door and enter the house of God. Enter His presence. And He said to enter into the joy of the Lord. You see, God's a joyful God. God's a good God. He's going to prepare a place for us that where He is, we can be also. And He is excited about you coming. We are to be excited about where we're going. Amen? See, the joy of the Lord is kind of like oil to an engine. How many of those an engine gets hot when it runs? But if it's got good oil, if it's got good lubrication, those pistons will fire and it'll all work and that oil will keep it cool and it'll, it'll, it'll run and it'll get you where you're going. But you know what? You let the oil run low... The Bible talks about the oil of gladness. Come on, you let your joy get low. You let your gladness get, you let all those things, you let life get you down because you're dependent upon circumstances and from outer things bringing you inner peace. Amen. You, I'm telling you, your engine's going to run low on oil. It's going to overheat and it's going to blow up, seize up, stop working. And we see that all the time in people's lives. They have blow-ups. Why? Because their joy ran low and they overheated. Anybody ever overheat? Yeah, I've seen some of you overheat. I know. We get weary. We get exhausted. We get spiritually drained. And it's in those times that we're so tired and weary. Amen. And we have no... Everything seems like going wrong. But that's where we just relax and let the joy of the Lord. We put on some good worship music. Huh? We, 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 we get in God's presence. And all of a sudden, we feel that joy. I've told you this story millions of times probably. That's an exaggeration. But a lot of times... Only time I ever heard my daddy talking about being sad. I never saw it, but he said one time he was kind of discouraged and down and he was just driving around. And all of a sudden he said out loud to himself, I'm saved. I got all these all this stress and all this problem. And all, but he's, I'm saved. I'm born again. I, I'm going to heaven. And he said it again, I'm saved. And he said all of a sudden he just felt the joy of the Lord just flood him. And, God, and that, that sadness had to go away. 
See, when the joy of the Lord fills your heart and your soul, sadness has to leave. Depression has to go. Anxiety has to go. Because the joy of the Lord, amen, fills your soul. And we just sang it this morning, make room for Him. I'm telling you, when the joy of the Lord moves in, He'll move out all the other stuff. I want to be filled with joy, amen? Amen. amen. But let's look at some ingredients of joy this morning. Number one. Joy comes out of a cleansed life. Does it feel good to take a shower? Doesn't it? Here lately, I mean, you can just pretty much get in the shower and turn the cold on. You don't even need hot water right now. But you, you, you get outside, you sweat, you get dirty, you get, and you get in there, and, and you just you, you get washed off, and you, you, you shampoo your hair, and you get all soaked up, and you let that water run, and it rinses off all of the dirt and the grime, and you get out, and you, dry, you put on some clean clothes, and wow, it just feels good, doesn't it? There's something about when the joy of the Lord comes into an old dirty heart, dirty soul, and begins to cleanse us on the inside, it's refreshing. Joy comes and the peace of God comes and the grace of God. You see, grace, God's grace brings justification. What in the world is justification? Well, we'll describe it to you for a little bit in a little bit, but, but I think one of the words I like, justification, is just as though it never happened. Oh, it happened. I sinned. I messed up. I failed. But then I confess my sin. He forgives me and he makes it just as though it never happened. goes beyond that. Justification is a legal term. The Bible says that because we have faith in Jesus, that righteousness is credited to us. That's a bookkeeping term. You think about it. Imagine, we know that God has a book. He keeps every detail, every thought, every idea, every word. He knows the intents of your heart, every sin you've committed, everything you've done to everybody. He has got a list of everything you've done. And some of those books are thick. And he takes that whole page and he moves it to the other side where Jesus is. And it's covered by the blood of Jesus and it says paid in full. Forgiven. But we're not done yet. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Though my sins were as scarlet, they're washed white as snow. Once I confess my sins and I repent, I'm forgiven, and those things are washed away, never to be remembered again. That's great. But that's justification, is that it's we're not finished. But now he takes on Jesus' side of the page, he takes Holiness, purity, righteousness, goodness, mercy. And he puts it on my side. 
Did I deserve it? No. It was counted unto me for righteousness sake. I wasn't righteous. I was sinful. But I confessed my sins and Jesus took the penalty of my sins. He washed me clean and then he applied his righteousness to my life. Therefore, I'm justified. That's justification. And when you've been justified by faith, when you have received the grace and the mercy of God, it will bring joy into your life. Listen, if you've been carrying your own sin, living in your own sin, living with your own mistakes, trying to redo and overdo and, and, and make do, I'm telling you, it is a miserable life. If you think it's you that's got to work your way into heaven, it's a miserable life. But when you understand it's by grace that we're saved through faith and it's not by works, it is simply the gift of God. And you receive that gift and are forgiven and on your way to heaven, I'm telling you, it'll bring a joy into your life that you have never known. And when that joy is in you and fills you, it will show on the outside. It'll change your attitude. It'll change your actions. It'll change change the way you talk, the way you walk, the things you do, the people you hang around with, the places you go. It'll change not just your eternity, but it'll change your everyday. It'll give you joy. Amen? Yeah. It was the disciples that... Went out, he sent them out to do the, his works, and he went out, and then they came back all excited. Woo! We cast out devils in your name. Jesus said, Hey guys, don't be happy. Don't be celebrating because you cast out devils. Celebrate because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Listen, that, that's the only reason we have to celebrate. That's what brings us true, true joy is that our names are written down and that we've been cleansed and washed and justified and sanctified and we are righteous because of Christ Jesus and that should bring joy into your life. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a child of God. Amen? Yeah. See... One of the another thing that can separate us and take our joy is sin. I would venture to say that the most unhappy people are not sinners. Because sin's fun. How many ex-sinners we have in the house? Yeah, all of you. Did you ever did you ever have fun sinning? Huh? The Bible says it. Sin's pleasure for a season. But the end thereof is death. So sometimes people are out in sin and they're just having a good time and they don't even know. And they're just living life and going through life. And yeah, it's tough. But I'm telling you, the most unhappy people are born again believers who are not in right relationship with God. They've disobeyed. They're not doing what God has called them to do. They're not living up to their full potential. They know there's more, but they've been withholding. Because here's the deal. If you can't trust God with everything, you can't trust God with anything. But we like to say, Lord, I want to give you this part of my life, but I'm not going to give you this part. 
We're so afraid. So many people are so afraid to completely surrender to the Lord because they're going to call them to do something they don't want to do. Lord, I don't want to go to Mexico and be a missionary. I don't want to go here and I don't want to do that and I don't want to pastor a church. Well, me either. (laughs) Truth be known, me either. But here's the deal. Once you surrender your heart and your life to Christ, He makes your desires change. Huh? What you never thought you'd want to do, He makes you want to do, and nothing else satisfies you till you do it. So stop worrying about what God's going to ask you to do and just know that if He asks you to do something, He'll equip you with the power to do it, He'll give you the provision to do it, and you'll have a desire to do it. He doesn't force us to do anything that we don't want to do. But He gives us joy. But sin can take that joy away. And only the way to get it back is repent. Get back in. I'm telling you something. I promise you, Jonah had no joy running from the Lord. He had no joy in the storm. He had no joy when they threw him overboard. He had no joy when the fish swallowed him. He had no joy, amen, in the belly of the fish. He had no joy. But when he repented and he said, Lord, I'll do what you've called me to do. And the fish spit him out and covered in fish vomit. He had joy. Because when you surrender to do what God has called you to do, it brings joy. But there ain't nothing that will steal your joy like knowing God's calling you to do something and you running from it. It's miserable to not be doing what God's called you to do. I think I'm preaching better than y'all are amening today. Nathan, will you grab me my water right there on the front seat? I forgot it. Y'all know I used to preach a long time. And then Amy started buying these little bottles of water. And so when the water's gone, I quit. She found a way to shorten it. Let me skip some pages here. Listen, doing what's, when joy comes, when joy fills your heart, you're going to have confidence. You have confidence. Joy helps you to stand up and know from, from an inner peace, an inner joy comes confidence on the outside. And people, that they may act like they have confidence, but inside there they feel inferior and they feel like they're unworthy. We already know we're unworthy and we already know we can't do it, but we know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when the joy of the Lord comes in, He comes in and He gives me the strength to stand up and to speak and to do things I wouldn't normally do. He gives us boldness and confidence because we know, we know that no matter what happens, all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Everything is not good, but God can work it for our good. And knowing that, we don't lose our joy when we go through times of trouble. Huh? 
Lord, I don't understand why I'm going through this. I, I don't know why you brought this, but I do know you love me. And I do know you never put me through anything that you don't bring me out on the other side better. I know you never take something away from me that you don't give me something better. So, Lord, I thank you. I don't know why my car broke down, but I just thank you because I'm getting a new one. Devil, you tried to break me down and run me down, but what you meant for bad, God's just trying to get me something better. So when you have that confidence, it brings you joy. You know, one of the saddest words, English language, we talked about last week. So we talked about hope. It's hopelessness. People are hopeless nowadays and when you get hopeless, it's when all your joy runs out. Because when all your joy is gone, your happiness can come and go. But if your joy runs out, you feel hopeless. The scripture, you'll have to go and read this context and read. And I like the New Living. It says that when you lost everything, you took it with joy. But King James says... You joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. I don't know about you, but I don't know that I could joyfully accept the confiscation of my property. It's uh, Hebrews 10, 34. He said, he, he said that you're going through all kind of troubles and you, you, you experienced trouble with the brethren and you lost your stuff. But even when you lost your house, you lost your stuff and all that, he said you still counted it as joy. Listen, we lose things. Things are sometimes taken. We just see in these the terrible fires all around and how fires are so devastating and can destroy things in moments. Things that people have spent a lifetime building, I tell you, can disappear in a moment. But one thing. Your house can be taken, your car can be taken, your, 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 your ch children can be taken, your family can be taken, your health can be taken. But I'm going to tell you something that can never be taken, and that's the joy of the Lord. If you have that joy on the inside, regardless of what happens on the outside, that can't be taken. All those other things can be rebuilt and replaced. And even our loved ones that go on to be with the Lord, this is only a brief separation. We're going to spend eternity with them. My mother said it after she got cancer for the fourth time. She called us to her bedside and said, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? I can go to heaven. See, that's how we look at our situations. That's how we need to look at what we're going through. What is the worst thing that could happen? I can go to be with Jesus just a little earlier. Because we're going to spend eternity there. We're going to spend less than a hundred years here. Very few make it over a hundred. I don't want to live to a hundred. That just doesn't sound fun. But... If I do, I'll gum my pudding and be happy with it. I just hope my children pick out a good brand of Depends for me. I told y'all none of that sounded fun, did it? But you know what? It's life. But none of that can steal the joy of the Lord.
Because that comes from within. It's a commitment. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom we have access by faith into the grace that we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Romans 5 said. We rejoice in this hope. We rejoice evermore. We have communion with Jesus. Philippians 4 4, rejoice in the Lord always. John 15 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. Anybody need full joy? Let me read that again to you. It's a very key, key scripture today. These things, this is John 15, 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy, his joy, will remain in you and that your joy may be full. How's your joy level today? Check your, check your joy level. Come on, pull out the dipstick. Let's check our joy level. How is it? Not our happiness level. Happiness goes up and down. You know? I promise you. You're going to go to eat today. See, right now you start to get unhappy because you're getting hungry. <laughs> Within six minutes, I'll be closed and done. You'll be happy. <laughs> then you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive and you're going to say, where do you want to go? I don't care. Let's go here. No, I don't want to go there. I thought you said it the other than you didn't care. You're not going to be happy again. Then you're going to decide where you go. You're going to get to the restaurant. You're going to be happy. You're going to go in. They're going to say 30 minutes. You're not going to be happy again. You're going to get your table. You're going to be happy. You're going to order your food. You're going to eat too many chips. You're not going to be happy. Because your food gets there and you're not hungry anymore. And you say, why do I always do this? See, it's like I'm sitting at your table. And then your food comes and you're happy and you're going to eat it and then you're going to go and you're not going to be happy anymore. <laughs> Happiness is a vicious cycle, isn't it? It just comes and goes. We turn it on and off. But our joy shall remain. And we want our joy to be full. It's His joy in us. And we can be full of it. Amen? If you're going to be full of something, you might as well be full of the joy of the Lord. Huh? Because I've seen a lot of people and it wasn't the joy of the Lord. It was the devil. Some of them are just full of the devil. Let's don't be that way. Amen? Yeah. It was Malcolm... I think you pronounce it Muggeridge. Malcolm Muggeridge was a Marxist before he found Christ, and he was a journalist. He wrote some masterpieces for Christ, but before he was a Christian, he wrote for Stalin. It was during the Cold War he went to Russia to do a story on the Communist Party and the the dying religion of that atheistic empire and. 
After he completed his interview with the Kremlin, he went to a Russian Orthodox church on the Easter Sunday. The church was packed. The priest preached. At the end of the message, he said, Christ is risen. And all of the crowd shouted, He is risen indeed. And Malcolm said at that moment, looking into their faces, he realized Stalin was wrong. And they were right. They had a joy that he had never seen. And the joy in their faces as they declared Christ is risen is what drew him. And he became a believer, accepted Jesus as his Savior, transformed his life, wrote some masterpieces. But I'm telling you, it wasn't what anybody, it, it wasn't uh, somebody tried to teach and what he read in a book. It was the joy he saw on the faces of the believer that led him to know that's the true. What he's been telling me, that, that, that religion, believe me, communism and atheism, it's as much a religion. People are falling for it, and, and they're, they're, they're wholeheartedly, but it's deception. The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. But can I tell you this morning, there is a God. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die for our sins. And Jesus rose again and said, because I live, you can live also. And he redeemed us. And that brings joy. And we today have joy unspeakable. And it shows in our face and it should show in our actions. And people should see and know there's a difference in you. What is it? And then we can tell them about Jesus. Oh, but let's don't act ugly and then try to tell them about Jesus. That's what's brought a bad name on the church. Because we say we're Christians, but our attitudes and our actions don't back it up. Amen? Wow. You see, to rejoice is a choice. It's not automatic. It's a choice. You've got to choose every day. Joy. If you have no Jesus, N-O, everybody say no, N-O. No Jesus, no joy. But if you know, K-N-O-W, Jesus, then you'll know joy. Today, Jesus is our joy. What's your joy level like today? Father, today I thank you for your word. I thank you for your house. I thank you for your people. I thank you that the joy of the Lord is everlasting. Happiness is temporal. Circumstance can change it. But nothing can change the joy that is in my soul. When I've been born again, set free from sin, free from the flesh, the world, all my past is forgiven, and I've been counted as righteous. That brings such a joy. 
that we can't even truly explain. It's supernatural. Father, there's those this morning that have never experienced that joy. They don't know the joy of salvation. They don't know what it's like to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be justified. Today they're watching me online or they're in this building and they're heavy with sin, disappointment, failure. They've tried to fix things on their own, modify their behavior, but it's just brought grief and pain. Today I pray, Lord, that through faith they're going to experience true joy. Lord, there's those this morning that, man, they've experienced that joy, but life has been just dealing them blow after blow, and, man, it seems like their joy is running low. I pray today that your joy would fill them fresh and new so that their joy can be full. you're here today in this building, if you're watching me this morning in your home or wherever you're at, Jesus loves you. Today he wants to fill your life with joy. Whatever circumstances you're going through, whatever life is thrown at you, whatever your heart is burdened with today, Jesus loves you and he wants to take your life and transform it. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to deliver you from all your habits and addictions. He wants to set you free and give you peace with God. He wants you to have a place in heaven with Him for eternity. And He wants you to live here on this earth with joy, making a difference, and fulfilling the call of God upon your life. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I never experienced that joy. I don't know the joy of salvation. I I know religion. I've tried to modify my behavior. I've tried to keep rules and regulations. But I've never just accepted the free gift of salvation and allowed Jesus to forgive me and cleanse me, wash me, and fill me with joy. Today I want that. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Today I want my joy to be full. If that's you, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, it's between you and God. Would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? Say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, yes, thank you. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, life has been running over me. Circumstances, people, work, finances, health. Man, the, 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 what's going on in the world has just been stealing, robbing my peace. I feel like my joy, man, it's, I, I, I need a refill of the joy of the Lord. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? Yes, 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 all over this building. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Would you pray with me this morning? Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me 
just the way that I am. But for loving me too much to leave me that way. Today I need you. Today I need joy. I need forgiveness. I need mercy. I need Jesus. Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. I need mercy. Forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Deliver me. Heal me. Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you for giving me your righteousness, your holiness, your purity. And thank you for filling me with your joy. Today, I'm a child of God. I'm on my way to heaven. My slate has been wiped clean. And God has given me all of His gifts. And I receive it. Father, right now, I thank you, these that have made this declaration of faith. I pray that supernaturally, right now, in your heart, everything that we have declared in the natural, you're doing in the supernatural. You're registering in heaven. Lord, the book against them has been wiped clean by your blood, and you have given them your joy and your holiness and your purity, your righteousness, and you live within them. I pray today that you would help them rise up. And do what you've called them to do. Begin to reveal yourself to them. As they pray, as they read their Bible, as they get in church and begin to serve you. I pray that you would reveal your true purpose for their life. I thank you for the joy of the Lord today filling every heart. Father, these that's running low, these that's been struggling, these that life has knocked them down time and again. Father, these that's struggling in every area, in any area, Lord, that has just drained their joy. Lord, today I thank you for a fresh filling. Father, right now let the oil of gladness, let the oil of the Holy Ghost, let the joy of the Lord be their strength. When they get up to walk out of here this morning, Father, let them feel extra strength in their steps, strength in their bones, their joints, their muscles. Father, let them feel healing in their soul and healing in their body. I thank you, Lord, that thing that's been keeping them captive, they're free right now. They're not going back to it. They don't have to have it anymore. They're free. And I thank you, Lord, to let the joy of the Lord just Flood our people this week. Let us walk last week in hope and today in joy. And hope and joy, oh Lord, will carry us into eternity. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody shouted a big amen.